Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Skincare with Friends. Hello and welcome to Skincare with Friends. I am one of your hosts, Nia Patton. I'm the other one, Natalie. Hello. Hi. Hi. Introduce yourself. Yeah. Um... My name is Nia Patton and I am a dentist, aesthetician, skincare person on the internet and uh, yeah, I'm going to call myself a cosmetic medic is going to be my new name, my new professional term. Cosmetic medic. Doesn't I, Does it roll off the tongue? Cosmetic. 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 No. Cosmetic. Yeah, okay. No. No, it doesn't. It's terrible. <laughs> Cosmetic. Oh, oh my god, it works in Welsh. It does totally yeah. work in Welsh. Cosmetic doctor. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're going to dive straight into our topic of conversation today. <sighs> it's dark. I would say behind either one of your most trusted or favourite products, there's probably a little bit of a murky history, um, especially was if you know where research was involved. Mm. Um, I just don't think we were quite prepared yeah. f- for this. For how murky the history is. Yeah. You might remember that I was... Uh, <laughs> I talked about... When we were talking about the, the creation of Tretinoin, I think we mentioned his name, and also um, last episode we did, when we were talking about comedogenicity, we mentioned Clickman, and I was like, Clickman, what a legend. I think I'm tapped. Oh no! I texted Natalie Cligledge, <laughs> and and then I actually thought, I was thinking, well, I wonder. Well, oh, let's find out a bit more about this man. So I googled him to see, you know, when mm. he died and where he lived and stuff, and and then it said something about um, controversy about experiments, and then I started to read it. And I was appalled and horrified and, like, really embarrassed now that I said click ledge. Yeah, but, you know, I, I used know. to love Jimmy Savile. You know, we, you, yeah. know you, you only know what you know. Nah. Yeah, until you know. Exactly. Yeah. Until so, you know. So, yeah. yeah, this is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be That's talking it. about Albert Kligman, so the man behind Tretinoin, um, and how he discovered Tretinoin and what it did. Um, but also how much a prick he was in many myriad mm-hmm. ways. Yes. It's fair to say. We're going to try and figure out how it becomes that somebody can devote their life to making human existence better for everyone and then also simultaneously perform monstrous acts of cruelty on his fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were worried in the podcast about the the rabbits. And yeah. it didn't occur to us to think about the because we mentioned backs of adult males, didn't think about what who were those men. Uh, there's a bit, we'll get to it, about the backs of adult males, mm. where I actually had to stop reading for a bit mm. because the um, the nail beds, obviously, we'll get there too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, can't, I couldn't. 
I didn't, I couldn't quite. Sowing the gauze. Anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, so horrible. Um, So, you know, I was thinking, do we need to tell this story? Because, oh, I don't want to, like, just use this, these men's lives as sort of, I don't know, entertainment for people by telling everyone about the awful things that happen. No, I think it's, no, I think it's really, uh, you know, in public interest. Also, the fact that you've said it, Nothing comes up in any studies because they're no. just their studies. Yeah, it's not that's not what they're for. Yeah, yeah. So I think the more people that know, not yeah. that it's going to, you know, not meant to put you off using tretinoin, obviously. But no. you know, Neo and I were talking about this. The Godfather of gynecology was an utter bastard, and some of the things he did to yeah. human beings were just horrendous. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we need some tests. So. There's an awful, yeah, there's an awful lot of medical professionals throughout history who've done horrific things. Yeah. But they're known for discovering amazing, life-changing things and also have abused probably black people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to, oh man, the Tuskegee, Alabama. Yeah. No. Christ on a bike. Yeah. Horrendous. Anyway, so this is going to be... Please just consider that, you know, our five-minute trigger warning. There's going to be um, mm. lots of references to suffering. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. warn again when it gets near each specific case. Yeah, the suffering of men and children as well. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't something I like hearing about. No. I get very upset. Yes. I you know, I think everyone... There's, a lot of glossing over of this whole controversy in science in general, um, downplaying of it. So if you ever see someone downplaying any of this, you'll know that it's... No, don't. That's... Including that noted dermatologist who said in his obituary, oh, yeah. wow, this is what happens when you get yeah. famous. People are always trying to tear you down. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, well, it happened a long time ago. I know. It didn't happen that long ago. Unfortunately, when the statute of limitations had passed for the, mm. you know, charging him with those particular crimes. But yeah, definitely not not long enough ago, no. for sure. No, indeed. Okay, so who was Albert Kligman? Yes, so Albert Kligman lived from 1916 to 2010. He died when he was 93 years old, and he was involved in public, publishing research on dermatology in 2009. He wow. died in 2010. So he was working right up until the yeah. end, pretty much. He loved it. Mm. Yep. So from the office of the Dean of Pennsylvania University, Albert Kligman published more than a thousand research papers and 20 textbooks and has benefited millions of people. This work includes the initial discovery of the effects of retinoic acid on acne, as well as seminal discoveries in our understanding and treatment of common disorders such as aging skin, seborrheic dermatitis, ringworm and alopecia. Mm. However, the committee also determined that while Mr. Clickman's experimental protocols conformed to legal standards of the time, some of his work raised serious ethical concerns. <laughs> I love the way they had to just plonk <clears throat> that on the end. Yeah. Um, also, it di- a lot of experimental protocols didn't conform to legal standards at the time. He even said no. it himself afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. Some of the shit I was doing was really not yeah, legal. Yeah, it was bad, but hey... Um, <laughs> Also, I think that uh, Pennsylvania University 
possibly really re- that that statement didn't age well did it for them no no you know we'll go into that bit yeah, later oh as well God, yeah. yeah so his research focused on skin conditions like acne rosacea dry skin aging photo damage and you know he published loads of studies more mm. than most and there were all the studies are great reads like the useful topics that he's testing like all the comedogenicity things mm-hmm. like you know oh does vaseline cause acne let's find out brilliant yeah Possibly because he had people to experiment on and he was able to to experiment. But, yeah, I think he was seen in the community, the dermatology community, as someone who encouraged experimentation and scientific exploration more than was the norm at the time. So okay. He, he was the guy going, let's do an experiment. Hey, guys, we need to find this out. Yeah. And everyone was quite excited by yeah him. yeah so in 1969 he co-created tretinoin mm-hmm. in 1975 he created something called Kligman's solution which is a sort of combination treatment of tretinoin hydroquinone kojic acid and a steroid which is unarguably the most effective treatment for hyperpigmentation to uh, date yeah yeah this is why it sounds great i want some so conflicting yeah. oh. <laughs> Thanks for doing that, yeah. however. Oh. Oh. Why do you have to be so bad? I know. From 1951 to 1974, Mr. Kligman, Dr. Kligman, apologies, was involved in carrying out a great number of experiments on the prisoners incarcerated in Holmesburg Prison. And lots of these experiments had nothing to do with skin. Mm-hmm. So they initially included uh, medicated skin creams for treating various ailments like ringworm, herpes and Staphylococcus aureus and other tests exposed prisoners to biological agents such as dioxin, which is a toxic chemical used in herbicides and an ingredient in Agent Orange, if you've heard of that. Yes. And hallucinogenic drugs as part of a federal programme, a government programme known as Project Often. Yeah, so um, so Agent Orange was a really it was a herbicide, mm. uh, which the US military used as part of their herbicidal warfare in Vietnam, and I had no idea. So I thought they would use that herbicidal warfare just to basically kill their crops and their livelihood, but it wasn't. No, it was a co- cover. But, yeah, yeah, so they could see the pathways used by the Viet Cong. Yeah. So to recede all the so coverage, so that they could see the pathways, and then and then obviously target the Viet Cong. And that was called Operation Ranch Hand. Agent Orange is just don't if you are not, you know, of a strong stomach, don't look at the effects of Agent Orange on the generations mm. of US troops and obviously um Vietnamese people as well and their babies. Because it is just horrendous. Did you see Stranger Things? I haven't seen I watched up to the second yeah, series. There's a bit in the I think it's the fourth series where uh, it turns out one of the main characters was uh, in Vietnam uh, and his daughter died of, um, you know, cancer exposure. because of oh. that. Yeah. Well, so they, so British troops, uh, British, American troops were able to sue the US military, but Vietnamese weren't. No. Because the American military would then have to own up to war crimes. Mm. And obviously that would be far too expensive and illegal. Yeah. So um, they didn't get any payouts. Um, and I only think it was semi-recently that um, American troops were even able to go to the VA for 
treatment for mm. things that were caused by Agent Orange exposure as well. So it is insane. And also, the project often, I looked into that. Did yeah, you read about no. it? It's so, so bonkers. You know, like MK Ultra yeah. and those experiments. Yeah. So linked. But this, so, and again, there's no evidence for this. Someone that wrote about Project Often and MK Ultra yeah. said this. The, the, the whole point of Project Often and MK Often was to test the behavioural effects of certain drugs, which sounds sciencey. But the CIA's chief of technical services said he wanted to explore the world of black magic and harness the forces of darkness Aww. that lift the human brain. So the guy is just, just like full Skeletor from He-Man. He's just Let's see what we can do with the magic. Darkness. Oh my god! <laughs> I know it's so, so funny in a way, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not funny because it, it's just torturing people with LSD. Yeah, berserk. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so we'll set the scene of Holm- Holmesburg Prison. Um, see who the villains are. Almost everyone, mm-hmm. and who are the heroes? There aren't any heroes. Um, so I've got a picture to show Natalie on my screen of the uh, Holmesburg oh. Prison itself, which looks like a giant wheel. Yeah, strange. A big structure. Star. Really strange. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like this. So the, there's a sort of the thing in the middle of the wheel. Was it an axle? I don't know what do you call that thing. Yeah. Um, was like sort of a common area. Okay. And then the corridors, the spokes of the wheel have got like cells and stuff. And yeah. then in between the spokes are like green areas and other small buildings. So yeah. A giant, weird building. So Holmesburg Prison was given the nickname the Terror Dome. Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a prison in the right in the centre of Philadelphia. Pennsylvania, and it operated from 1896 to 1995, so 100 years. And yeah, Holmesburg had a dark history, even without Dr. Clickman arriving at it. And uh, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go into all of the dark history because we haven't got time. We could be like, this is gonna be long enough, but yeah, not the trip, the prisoners were not treated with respect or fairness during their time there, even without having. Mr. Clipman knocking on their door. Um, yeah, not surprising. Yeah. So lots of the information of the pers- personal experiences in the experiment and just lots of the information in general for the podcast comes from a book called Acres of Skin. I mean, that's just horrendous in itself, yeah. isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I, I would be happy if I don't ever hear those three words put mm-hmm. together again. Um, no disrespect to the author. So Alan Hornblum wrote it in 1998. So Hornblum, who wrote this amazing, useful book, um, he actually worked in the prison as a literary instructor uh, in the 1970s. And he was there when the experiments were going on. He was convinced that the medical research was problematic and there was probably quite a story behind such a large medical research operation in the city jail. And yeah, this is what Alan said about his experience when he was there. So he said, when I first started working in Philadelphia prison system in 1971, I was stunned to see scores of prisoners strapped and wrapped in gauze pads and adhesive tape. Rather than a knife fight on the cell block or a gang war in the exercise yard, the medical dressing was part of a vast and long-running clinical trial programme. 
In short, a prominent dermatologist and an Ivy League university had taken over the city jail and turned it into the nation's largest human research program testing everything from hair dye, athlete's foot medication, to phase one drug trials, dioxin experiments and chemical warfare agents. Mm. Uh. Yeah, horrendous. Yeah. And, you know, thanks, Alan Hornblum, because mm. had he not exposed this... Mm. Who would have, how would we have known, really? No. There, no, there was no other whistleblower, right? No, I don't think so. Not so really. everyone was complicit. No. He wrote this while uh, Kligman was still very much alive. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I'd love to know. Pissed Kligman right off. He yeah, carried on working, though. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. I think there were, you know, there were some of the prisoners had tried to bring legal action in the 80s mm-hmm. and it didn't go very far. Is that because the statute limitations had passed then? On Yeah, I think they did get some sort of damages. Yeah. Didn't, not much. One guy led. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, right, let me read about him coming to be at the prison then, shall I? Okay. So, <clears throat> born on March 17th, 1916 in Philadelphia and educated in the Philadelphia public school system, Albert M. Kligman, Maniac is the middle name, yeah. I reckon. Became a, a Pi Beta Kappa graduate of Pennsylvania State College in 1939. And by 1947, had acquired both a PhD and an MD from the University of Pennsylvania. Mm. So, you know, um, yeah. done pretty well. So, yeah, he, he was... He was he tried to join the army and the navy, but he got rejected because of a pineal idol sinus. Do you know what that is? Um, I think did I mark that and look it up? It's a bum boil. <laughs> oh, it's the one between the butt cheeks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's when you get ingrowing hair at the top of your ass crack. Yeah. And that's why you didn't get into the <laughs> army. But I suppose once you once you have it have it once, the okay, chances of you have it, yeah. So I do remember as a sidebar yeah. when I worked in a medical insurance company mm. back when I lived in Guildford, circa nineteen ninety eight. There was so basically, if you were on holiday, and we were the number that you called on the back, and you'd yeah. broken your arm and wanted to repatriate <clears throat> okay. a skiing incident, <laughs> yeah. we had to repatriate someone who'd had that. But oh, in the end, no because he couldn't sit, he had to get a helicopter. Yeah. So to take him from one place and then an air ambulance. Long story short, it cost about at least twenty thousand pounds yeah. just to repatriate him. Turns out he wasn't insured anyway. Oh no! So his bum boil cost him twenty grand. Shaving. This is back in the late nineties. Oh, so that's thing. how I remember. Yeah, because we obviously saw yeah. pictures of it. Is that they can be really bad? Horrendous. I had a friend who had one, and it was the size of a fist. <gasps> it was huge. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh. God, that's horrendous. Yeah, he said it was like a large tomato. <laughs> and he couldn't... He, he was seeing stars at some people. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Just ruining your hair. It's so yeah. specific. Yeah. I know. If you're a sweaty man, you might get one. I'm not. clenching right now. I know. Okay. God, I haven't got one of those. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he came from quite humble surroundings. Uh, apparently, his dad was born in Ukraine was a newspaper distributor mm-hmm. and his mother was a sales clerk from England and he was educated in the Philadelphia public school system and he only got into medical school, he got through medical school with the assistance of a local rabbi. Yes, it's all really weird, isn't That's it? That's a bit odd, isn't it? It is very weird. That's not weird. how it works. If you... Well, apparently not. 
Yeah, the rabbi took interest in the precocious student. So, cool. Well done. Um, I just love one of the quotes that you've put. (laughs) so amazing. Um, So, yeah, impressive person to be around by all accounts. Um, Described, though, as a poor scientist by some observers, which reminds me loads Mm. of Dr. Venkman from Ghostbusters. Oh, my God. That's how he was described. Far less affable, though, obviously. Yeah. Um, known to move on too quickly from a study before the work was truly finished, which is kind of a bit of a drawback if that's your your job. Yes. And Dr. Fred Urbach, this quote is brilliant, Temple University's dermatology department chair for over three decades, says that Clickman was a fascinating person with two speeds, bloody genius or wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You're bloody genius, Clickman. But you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, some of these people are probably characters, aren't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to take a swig, hold on. Go for it. So, Kligman was a prolific author. Mm-hmm. He wrote scores of medical articles on a variety of subjects throughout his career. Uh, his earliest works, though, were written in the early 1940s, before he got to medical school even, and... He concentrated on writing about mushrooms. Mm. Well, that's kind of interesting, didn't he? Yeah, mushroom fascination. So even before he went to uni, he was like, "I'm going to write about mushrooms today." Love mushrooms. Yeah, Yeah, I know what he means. Yeah, get that. Uh, This unusual interest stemmed from the fact that Clickman had received his doctorate, okay, in botany, um, Mm. brackets mycology. So okay, yeah. So he did study fungi. Um, and this interest in fungus is important detail for later on, well, in yeah. a minute when we read out what, what that led to. Yeah. Uh, so in a study, so this is this is before he got to Holmesburg, he was studying ringworm, um, and this is after he graduated as a doctor. So in a study on ringworm, which is also called Tinea capitis, uh, that was published in a le- leading dermatology journal, Kligman wrote, the data reported in this paper derived from the observations on experimentally infected humans. The work was carried out at a state institution for congenital mental defectives, where ringworm was endemic and the inmates were subject to constant opportunity for infection. The experimental circumstances were ideal in that a large number of individuals living under confined circumstances could be inoculated at will and the course of the disease minutely studied from its very onset. Biopsy material was freely available. Mm. So... This is so he's talking about a home for disabled children. Yeah, yeah. He had he, he's so pleased because he's got freely available biopsy material. Yeah, but the freely available biopsy material was coming from disabled children's heads. Yeah, yeah. So he would describe how he encouraged the development of ringworm in, in this study. He would describe how he could encourage the development of ringworm by rubbing it into the abraded scalp of retarded children. So that's not my words. That's what he wrote in his study. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. Yeah. Um, Kligman would delight an audience of medical students and residents in training by telling them, these kids want attention so bad. Yeah. If you hit them over the head with a hammer, they would love you for it. Don't fuck yourself. What a fucking... 
prick. Oh. Pardon my French. Yeah. That's why I wrote Jesus Christ. Yeah. On I'm like, oh, welling up reading it out, even though I've read it like nine times it is already. Really, really, really horrendous. Those um, poor little children. Yeah. It's not nice to get a ringworm. Apparently, it's really, really unpleasant having ringworm. It itches like mad. Yeah. Just, just the way he talks about them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in 1956, Clickman evidently combined um, children with a learning disability, basically, and yeah. prisoners in the same study. So he got a research grant from the Public Health Service of $13,949, um, as well as the National Institutes of Health, to look into the structure of the nail. This is where I really had to take a breather here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clickman listed two classes of subjects, individuals to be found in hospitals and clinics with spontaneous wow. nail disease and human volunteers or prisoners in the Philadelphia County Prison who, for a modest fee, provide us with ideal opportunities. Uh, he planned to take punch biopsies from various portions of the nail folds, the nail matrix and the nail bed. Mm. to determine the subsequent effects on growth and recuperation. In addition to removing portions of the male organ surgically, Jesus Christ, we shall study the effects of applying caustic agents, so silver nitrate, pheno. Dr. Kligman claimed, work on fingernails has been almost non-existent. Yeah, because it fucking hurts. Um, Because of the obvious difficulties in obtaining biopsy specimens. But in a preliminary survey... Um, we have convinced ourselves that the nail organ is a hardier structure than previously supposed and will tolerate a good deal of insult without permanent disability. So, confidently, using x-rays and the host of mushrooms that he loved on the test subjects. X-rays? Yeah. He liked to try and cure fungal infections with x-rays. Okay. Yeah, that was a thing he did. Yeah. Which is obviously, that goes without saying, a really, really, really bad idea. Really bad idea. Um, We're talking about uh, injuring people's ever so sensitive nail beds. Um, Yeah, and he was just so happy about it. He could freely abuse them. Yeah, you know, it's not nothing, is it? Having a biopsy taken from your nail... Even if it's done with the utmost care, it's going to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was doing the study on children and prisoners. Yeah, anyway. But <laughs> look at my notes, I've just written, I feel sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. So let me um, juxtapose that horror that we've just read out with an obituary by a British dermatologist called Dr. Shyam Verma from the International Journal of Trichology in 2010. So when he died, he she wrote, he got a bad press for the infamous experiments that, con- that he conducted in an American prison on inmates and the press hounded him probably much more than was required. That was the price he paid for being famous. Yeah, the press didn't hound him anywhere near enough. And it's not the price you pay for being famous either. No, it's the price to... you pay for being completely uh, insane. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So anyway, back to how he came to be in the prison. Why did he go there? So the, the medical research began in the penal system in 1951 when Holmesburg Prison was suffering from another outbreak of athlete's foot, obviously, which was common to a large unsanitary residential facility. So... As 1,200 people 
or 1,200 prisoners in this prison that have been diagnosed with a fungus infection. And the institution's small beleaguered medical staff were searching for the best treatment possible. Um, the pharmacist in the prison came across an article written by Kligman, one of his many thousands probably published by mm. then. Um, he was a professor at dermatology of University of Pennsylvania Med School at the time, and he phoned him up and said, can you help? Thanks for of, that. Yeah, there's loads of athletes foot in my prison, <clears throat> and you seem to know a thing or two about fungus. Can you yeah. come and have a look at my prisoner's feet, please? Yeah. So, oh, oh dear. Yes. Dr. Kligman then entered the ageing prison. He was awed by its potential for, for research. So in, in 1966, he's quoted as saying in a newspaper interview, All I saw before me were acres of skin. It was like a farmer seeing a fertile field for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that was a unique opportunity. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Obviously, um, for unlimited and understood medical research, he described it in this interview as an anthropoid colony, mainly healthy under perfect control conditions. So many of the prisoners for the first time in their lives find Yeah, and I wanted to say as well at this point, I've written a little note because it's like, the word anthropoid means resembling human. Mm. Yeah. But I have no doubt that that's not an accidental no. use of the term. That's He absolutely means that. Oh, yeah, they're all the resemble humans. Human this is to wonderful. Him. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful Same with the, the children. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't represent humans No, to him. he just didn't think of it that way. No. He was really pleased to find these yeah. people who resembled humans so closely. Yeah, horrendous. Um, yeah. There's some really, a couple of gross clipping quotes coming up, so buckle up. So, many of the prisoners, for the first time in their lives, find themselves in the role of important human beings. We say to them, you're important, we need you. Once this is established, these guys will knock their brains out to please you. If the experiment doesn't pan out, they get depressed. They become emotionally involved in the project. 
The capacity to respond to love is greater than most people realise. I feel almost like a scoundrel, like Machiavelli, because of what I can do to them. Isn't that awful? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I feel almost like a scoundrel because I know. he knows that he's torturing them. <laughs> almost, though. Yeah. He's not almost. quite a scoundrel. No. He's still a lovable rogue. <laughs> and with a love of mushrooms and torture. Yeah. Uh, as he told colleagues later, I began to go to the prison regularly, although I had no authorization. This is what I mean by them glossing over the legalities. It clearly yeah. was, there were a few times where what he did was yeah, way not, less than yeah, legal. Yeah, really under the table. <clears throat> he was just going there. Nobody um, wanted him to be there. Yeah. Um, it was years before the authorities knew I was conducting various studies on prison volunteers. God, I bet these things came back to bite him in the arse, although not enough. Mm. Things were simpler then. He honestly sounds like one of those old men who says, we can't say anything these days. Yeah, yeah we can't even grope women. I know, it's only a yeah. pinch on the bun. Informed consent was unheard of. No one asked me what I was doing. It was a wonderful time. He remembers right? it fondly. He does. What an absolute douche. Yep. Yes. Yes, so, you know, you might hope that this complete monster was just a bad apple in the barrel of great scientists and doctors who, if they knew all about what he was doing, would condemn him for mm. such disregard for human kindness. But, uh, you know, at the time, Kligman presented some of his data at the 12th annual meeting for the Society of Investigative dermatologist in 1951 so this is quite at the beginning of all the stuff mm -hmm. uh Kligman's presentation was met with praise for selecting an ideal test population and um one appreciative reviewer commented we have not been alive enough to the wealth of test material that there is in penitentiaries mm. and there was zero condemnation among his peers so yeah he told everyone what he was doing at a, a conference dermatologists and they all went that's brilliant no although it, you know things haven't changed that much so obviously there's no surprise there's zero condemnation in 1951 because people did probably view prisoners as less than human mm. um I, I know you go to say it somewhere but the, was it this prison that was 85 percent yeah black inmates as well yeah so that's not a coincidence as well i think he you know was so happy to be there and viewed, um, you know, all the inmates as, as, you know, less than. Because, you know, still in penitentiaries now, don't they? They have them mm. doing things like, wasn't it in the California wildfires? Where they had them oh, I don't on the know. front line firefighting. Really? Yeah. So, what? I know. So How would they be qualified to do that? They're not. No. So they just, it's okay because, you know, mm. prisoners. Yeah. yeah. Um, doing some work that we want them to do. Yeah. So yeah, not a great, not a great shock. Just really depressing. So this is the point where you know I was thinking this is what I really want to explore because I feel that we have a duty to hear about all of this stuff mm -hmm. as skincare people, and you know, lots of us are going to be using tretinoin, mm -hmm. and I think it's the decent thing to do to learn about yeah. its birth and how it was developed and what people went through to get it to us because it wasn't easy, you know, for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Kligman uh, 
is quoted in saying that in the early stages of developing tretinoin, he experimented with very high doses of vitamin A, quotation marks, so high that I damn near killed people before I could see a real benefit. Every one of them got sick. You know, so it's not just the great author that's just told on Kligman. It's Kligman himself with his stupid bloody quotes. I mean, shut the fuck up. Just be a scientist and be quiet. I mean, he he says all this stuff out loud. Tell on himself, didn't he? What an asshole. Yeah, so Kligman was experimenting with, yeah, very high doses, sometimes orally. I mean, so yeah, once he realised, oh yes, I'll give them these people topical retin-A, still using 1%, but just imagine taking oral yeah. retin-A at such high quantities as well, what that would yeah. have done. Yeah, so, you know, he was kind of, he wanted, he knew that vitamin A was something that was worth exploring. Yeah. Because they, you'd done different experiments with other anti-acne treatments mm-hmm. and he and he was like vitamin a is very promising because it does yeah. something to the way that skin works and the way that keratin builds up so he was like right let's get all different types of vitamin a vitamin yeah. a derivatives different percentages and just play around until yeah. we find what works okay and unfortunately he was playing around on the faces and backs of human beings in the prison all of the experiments pretty much in the early days were done at Holmesburg Prison. In these earlier studies, he used 1% vitamin A in comparison with the 0.1% mm-hmm. that's a, that we're using now. That's the highest percentage we're allowed to use now is 0.1%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and people start with 0.01, yeah. 0.025, 0.05, yeah. 0.1. But you don't go any higher than 0.1. And that's because... They learnt from these prisoners that you can't without really hurting your skin. Right, so we've got a chap called Dr. Chalmers Cornelius, who was also a resident during these years, says some of the occlusion studies resulted in tremendous inflammation and the experiments had to be altered. And uh, he says that it was the inflammation that most attracted Kligman, despite what many would have considered a caution cautionary sign, Kligman's response was always the same, push on. He had that type of mentality, push on. So yeah, I mean, this is what we've commented. It wouldn't have been created. Tretinoin wouldn't have been discovered if it wasn't for this man's total commitment to experimentation and disregard for people's comfort. God. Yeah. A former student of Kligman and a former director of the University of Pennsylvania's Acne Clinic, Dr. Joseph Witkowski, says that he thought Retin-A would never sell. It caused such a severe reaction in patients. Their faces became quite red and irritated. But Kligman has the capacity to keep pushing when others won't. He could see the value in Retin-A as a possible therapy. And time has shown that it has positive results. It's a fantastic drug. He's a genius. So he wasn't <sighs> he wasn't wrong. He was obviously wrong with the dosage, but he was not wrong in terms yeah, of... Yeah, he had the right yep. intuition about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, the vitamin A experiment started sort of early on and carried on alongside the experiments on dioxin and LSD, which we'll get to in the second episode of this. 
I think, because yeah. it yeah, no, it gets weirder and darker. It does. Um, but yeah, we're just going to talk about Tretinoin for the minute. Uh, so 1969, which was really the time that it was yeah. sort of agreed that retin-A was an acne treatment. Um, Kligman, Pliwig and James E. Fulton Jr. studied a paper that reported vitamin A acid is a fairly potent irritant. Although most acne remedies inflame the skin to some degree, the effects of vitamin A acid are rather singular. Within 48 hours, the skin becomes red and scaling. Despite prolonged usage, its irritancy doesn't really diminish. That is to say, there is only slight evidence of hardening. I don't really know any means by that, but okay. The skin tends to burn and sting for a short time after each application. Injudicious use may lead to flaming red, chapped and swollen face. Oh my god. I don't get I don't get a chapped swollen face. Um I have had chapped yeah, skin. Chapped. I would think. But can you imagine just over ten times the strength? needed yeah. to treat your ailment yeah um being applied to your it face would be hard. i remember actually when that, i remember the first time i i got it when i was like 17 cream retin-a cream okay and i used to apply it like a mask like i yeah. get it on prescription <laughs> like i want to get rid of my acne let's yeah. get a whole handful of this i put it on really thick and then i you know, the day after, like two days after, I'd be crying in pain and yeah. then not use it again. Oh my god! Because it was just horrible. But now I know I understand how to use it. Yeah. Um, I was saying, you know, like <laughs> I've got such a sort of routine that's built around tretinoin, and you know, yeah. putting moisturizer on, letting it soak in, yeah, lots of hydration, let that soak in, and then a couple of hours later apply the tretinoin yes, yeah. and then you put another moisturizer on top yeah and like these were men in prison yeah. with none of that yeah. no moisturizer and no break no just constant whatever the doctor told you to do yeah. you'd have to do otherwise you didn't get paid yeah <sighs> and it just gets worse about that as well i know it? we'll get on to that as yeah well, but yeah you know, the whole why? stuff about being paid yeah horrendous it's so sad it is so yeah daily application has to be regulated in accordance with individual susceptibility. So the aim is to apply that quantity which will maintain moderate redness and peeling, discomfiture, which means discomfort, Mm -hmm. around the mouth and the angles of the nose is particularly disagreeable if the medication is carelessly applied. Oh, we know that. Even with excessive use, the skin recovers within a few days after stopping treatment. Deeply motivated subjects should not be dissuaded from increasing the frequency of application for patients with the most irritated faces achieve the most rapid improvement, which I thought was quite interesting. Stop it. So, like, if you've got really bad irritation, you're going to get more benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Carry on. Just keep carrying on. Keep going. You're going to get there. Yeah. Push through your red, swollen, chapped face. Yes. So... We got to the point where it's the early 1970s. Retin-A is proven to be an acne treatment. It's FDA approved. Um, But Kligman also held the possibility in his mind that it had anti-aging applications. Mm -hmm. And he was very keen to explore that Mm -hmm. because he wanted to make lots of money. 
Because, yep. um, you know, that's where the dollars are, isn't it? Anti-aging stuff. So he wasn't allowed to carry on his experiments on prisoners uh, anymore. So in the early 70s. So it's 1974, the prison experiments had to stop. And he had to continue his trials using mice. Is Did they stop in 1974 because of that, the convention with that the law yeah the, okay. they had to stop yeah i think the prison i yeah there's a section i've written about it so we probably get on to that next episode okay but um yeah he he was told to stop he was okay. made to stop by various bodies right yeah. great great yeah. bit late but you know yeah. okay so he um so Kligman wanted to find out about the wrinkles so he chose a species of mice called a rhino mice so I will upload all of this onto our website so you can see a rhino mouse, or you can just Google rhino, rhino mouse, because they are kind of cute. Um, so this unusual species of mouse developed rows of wrinkles from nose to rump shortly after birth. The authors believe that the wrinkle canals were filled with the same horny substance that formed pimples in humans. So in their experiments, the mice received applications of retin-A. Twice God, a day. They must have been in so much pain. Yeah. For six weeks, while a control group received none. Oh, the results were incredible. <laughs> Practically free of wrinkles. Yeah. But they're just lying there going, I feel ah, I'm in so much pain. But I'm so smooth. I'm so smooth like a dog. Yeah. But I'm hurting. Yep. Oh, bless. So the lines from the rhino mice were gone, and the control group was still covered in wrinkles. Yeah. And Kligman said in the, his conclusion, the outstanding finding was the capacity of retinomic acid to restore the bizarre architecture of the rhino mouse skin to a nearly normal appearance. The treated skin became as smooth as the hairless mouse. The redundant folds and wrinkles were totally effaced. Oh my god. Yeah. So he was confident that yes, Retin-A was the thing and he was going to make it happen. Brilliant. So what happens next? Mm-hmm. So what ensured were years of ugly tactics from Dr. K to get Retin-A known to the public so he could make cash fast. He didn't care about FDA approval. He didn't care about doing things properly through the right channels. He wanted the public to know about this anti-aging miracle. Uh-huh. So that basically, because it was already out as an anti-acne treatment. Right. And... He wanted people to start trying to get hold of it as an anti-aging thing yeah. secretly, which is kind of what happens now, isn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he teamed up with a company called Ortho, which is a subsidiary of Johnson and Johnson. Oh, those evil bastards! Yep. 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 Very evil. And he spent years paying doctors to promote the drug at various conferences. I've really summarised this. It's all, there's loads of other things that happened. Lots of ins and outs and ne'er do welling. Um, so, so he uh, used um, dermatologists to try and get the word out at conferences. So he was paying dermatologists money saying, right, go to La 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 Conference in, I don't know, Idaho and talk about how amazing Retin-A is and curing wrinkles. Um, in 1986, Ortho conducted an educational campaign that included a consumer media tour televising prominent dermatologists. Physi- physicians were part of Ortho's stable of 
company-friendly medical show horses, <laughs> I like that, uh, each of whom received a £1,000 stipend to visit local television stations and discuss the damaging effects of the sun, precancerous lesions and the benefits of Retin-A. And this is all before the FDA had given approval for Retin-A as an anti-aging drug. Um, yeah, so the, it's already got approval for acne, but the new drug application for the wrinkles was going to take way too long, and they wanted their money now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was all taking too long. So he got into trouble. Old Kligman got into trouble from the University of Pennsylvania. So, yeah, this is a highly condensed little mm-hmm. guide to what... I know, but it's know. thrilling. It's yeah. gripping. It is quite gripping. Um, he got into trouble from the university, so this is his alma mater, don't they call it? Yes. Yeah, so his university, where he'd been working for years and years and years, Yeah. Um, uh, because he was profiting from a drug that had been developed using the university's resources, and he wasn't paying them their share. He'd applied for the patent for Retin-A as an anti-aging treatment under the trade name Renova mm-hmm. with under his own name, so didn't mention the university. So I think Retin-A had university yeah. as like... As the acne treatment, though, yeah, right? So yeah. yeah, to apply for it under a different brand name, under his name, but nicking the intellectual yeah, property. Because the patent for Retin-A was going to expire, yeah. so he was just tr- changing the tr- the n- brand name of the same thing and leaving the university out. He's yeah. a right sod, isn't He's he? He's a sod. He, uh, yeah, he planned to, yeah, that's it. He was going to He was gonna be profitable because he was the o- only person on that patent. Okay. And so when when he sold all the, this Retin-A uh, under Renova, then he was going to make a lot of money. So by 1991, the heat was coming not only from the university um, and the FDA, because it wasn't approved, and also from the government, who were pursuing criminal proceedings. Yes. So Ortho, the the brand we mentioned, the subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, responded by destroying all of the documents relating to the drug. In 1992, the legal battle between Kligman and the university ended with an out-of-court settlement. And one source I read said he had to pay millions of dollars. I couldn't find out much more about it. Okay. Yeah, this is what Kligman had to say about the matter. I didn't know Retin-A was going to yield all this wealth. Love it. I'm delighted because it's my way of paying back this university that trained me, educated me, gave me a chance to grow and didn't hold me back. I love the way he says it as if it was his idea to just pay the university yes, millions. Not I know. He was it was like, battled through the courts for years. Like <laughs> He was forced to give them millions and he's like pretending that he's pleased. I know. Like, it's the, like my little donation. Yeah, here's my donation to the university. <laughs> it's fine. Here you are. And didn't hold me back. That's what I love. I know. It didn't stop you from performing really unpleasant experiments on on innocent people. Mad. Yeah. So you know we're gonna stop this. Yeah. Madness here because I can't wait for the next part. I would say um, we've mm. already covered the gruesome bit. Would we really? No, have we haven't it, at it all. It really gets, gets much worse. It gets a lot worse. Yeah. That's the that was the nice bit. That was the easy to stomach. Part yeah, of the podcast. So hold on to your hats for part two, but it does. We've given you a flavour of what's to come. I mean, I, yeah. I think we've highlighted the man pretty well. 
Um, yeah, I think yeah. you understand his his vibe and and you know understand how we got Tretinoin. That's yeah. the point, isn't it? Really, mm. um, it's in, yeah. It is like you know, it's a horrible cream that irritates your skin a lot, and it took a psychopath mm-hmm. to fully experiment on it. Yes, in that way. Yeah, without his psychopathic, sadistic tendencies, yes, we wouldn't be as Young looking as we are, right? It's not worth it to be honest. No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> if I could go back in time and change it, yeah, and make Mr. Clickman just study mushrooms in a field, yeah, he, if he didn't get into medical school, yeah, I'd be happy, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we do discuss it further down the lines in the next episode, but you know, he does get a bit bonkers and I think it was a source that said some of his experiments had absolutely no scientific it, nope. it, was, it was just for fun yeah it like, was definitely just for fun he wasn't a great scientist no no and you know he's lauded as yeah a amazing scientist you know one of the historically one of the best yeah and but he's a bad Venkman that's what he yeah, is yeah he didn't have good scientific methods no which is unfortunate because the the people in the studies were human beings. Paid for that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sad. So I hope you found that as interesting as we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to saying goodbye to this man and never thinking about him again. Yeah, yeah. I don't like him. No, no, no. I don't like what he re- represents. No. So yeah, part two <clears throat> coming soon. I think. Yep. Right. Do we have any lighter news that we can? <laughs> We should have really done that anyway. Um, uh, oh my god! I when I'm on the spot, I can't think of anything <laughs> light now. No, oh, I know. I've got a shit week at work coming up. It's really busy. Oh man! Um, and it's getting dark and Octobery. Yeah, I'm loving my um my red light mask. I oh will yeah, say that. I'm really enjoying that. I think it Good. works. I'm sure, it works. I think it's working. Wow. How much was it? It's like nearly 300 quid. Is it? 200 okay. something. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah, look at my Instagram for before and after pictures. Okay. Because I think it, yeah, I think it did something. What do you think it does? I think it seems my skin feels brighter and smoother. Oh, lush. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Was it Katia? Katia agrees. My skin feels shit lately. Oh, no. Mm. Just feels... You know when you've put tretinoin on a, mm. an area that you shouldn't and you yeah. get scaliness? So I have that around, like, mouth and chin. I found something really good for that. Oh, what? Uh, Eucerin 10% urea. Oh, great. Yeah, okay. so I think it's called urea repair. Oh, okay. And because I always do a 10% urea. Yeah, I think they do. Maybe yeah. that's good. I haven't tried that, though. Okay, we'll try it. They've um, got a cleanser out, too, now. Oh, have they? Yeah, oh, cool. Cleanser, yeah. I love that. Um, um, okay, thank you. I will yeah, try. Yeah, but I was I've like... I've just got blemishes. And then Aww. the scars from the blemishes stay for weeks. Yeah. Really annoying. That's bloody annoying. Yeah. Um, I had a Craig, oh, so Nia, yeah. has a, Nia has a Craig. When was the last time you saw him? Oh, uh, like last week. Okay. So Craig is a giant spot on my chin. It's not the same one. I'm not like... I don't have the same spot for like years and years and years. <laughs> it's a different one, pretty much in the same place though. Yeah. But yeah. I also had I've had a, had a big chin break. spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. mate. I know. Um, and he really hurt. Yeah. 
just so, and I didn't touch him. I was very good about not I don't know how to do that. Him. I can't. I um, can't do it. It was really hard. It yeah. was really, really difficult, especially as he really sort of came into his own oh. his last Friday night when I was going out. Yeah. And you know when you put where you even you touch an area yeah. an inch away from him. And you're like, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So but apart from that, yeah, fine. Cool. I've got no good news to report. That's about it. You love your light mask. Yeah, I love my light mask. I love my urea repair. Okay. Um how's your website going? Um really good, but I'm doing boring things like uh, shipping policy. Oh yeah. And uh, Mm. refunds. Yeah, Natalie's uh, started a new shopping website for sunscreens, maybe? It's mainly sunscreens. But I want it to be sunscreens from everywhere, but right now it's just Korean and Japanese ones. Um, but I would like to sell Altra sunscreen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so launching launching just in time for winter when nobody normal <laughs> thinks about buying sunscreen. <laughs> we'll buy it. I know you will, so thank you, and listeners will. Actually, I had a few customers already, which is lovely. Can you sell Skincare with Friends merch on your website? Of course I can. Of course. Ah! There's a whole Skincare with Friends tab coming up. Oh my god! So there's a podcast link, to latest podcast. We need ideas for t-shirts. My God, um, I I think a tote bag is my. I love exact. a tote bag. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So definitely a tote bag. Um, but yeah, of course, there'll be skincare yeah. with friends merch, skincare Let's with get... friends visors. <gasps> yes. <laughs> He's so good. Well, actually, ideas, skincare pals. What yeah. do you, what skincare related merch do you think would be really good? Because it's quite easy to get your own branded, say, like muslin cloths, for example. Yeah, with a little sort of tag yeah, something on. like that. Yeah. yeah, so something along those lines. Have a think, or like you know, reusable rounds for yeah. cleansing. That would be a really good That'd idea be nice. as well. Yeah, yeah, anything like that. Let me have your ideas. I bloody love merch. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just think now we need to we need to be telling people like so. I did the Cardiff half marathon the other day, and I yeah, think it was a really, well. really bright sunny day. Mm. Um, and I was talking to the guy next to me who I knew, and he was laughing because I had like a little utility belt, yeah, with things in it, and obviously Try I had that. like my Aldi mini sunscreen in there. <laughs> He's like, sunscreen today? And I was like, yes, Paul, today and every day. Yes. But, you know, all the free, free things and merch they're giving out of these, they mm. really should be visibility from brands, I think, like yeah. an altruist type thing where you are giving away yeah. very small samples of sunscreen. Because runners, are shit. their skin is terrible. Bad. <laughs> they, they look sun damaged. Runners look really sun damaged, mm-hmm. and because my mum was having this argument with me the other day, she hates runners for some reason. And what? Really, a lot of people do. Oh, it's like male cyclists—they just get a really bad rap. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I hate male That's cyclists and runners. They're just not popular like people. people. Car, like car drivers, don't car mind. drivers just people. Just we're not in any, like, we're not in anyone's way. No, they annoyed us because. They're jealous. We just look so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my mum was like, stupid, well, what's his face runs? And he looks really old. I'm like, hey, mum, he looks really old because he hasn't touched sunscreen yeah. ever. He's always outside. He's always outside and he hasn't yeah. touched sunscreen. But there yeah. were a lot of people that I wanted to assault with yeah. some spray. People love that. 
when you uh, uh, forcibly apply yes. cream to their face. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> As they're crossing the finish line <laughs> or the start line. Ah, chemical um, sunscreen in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it needs to, we definitely need to be doing some education around that, but yeah. Really yeah. Does. Even in running shops, why aren't you selling things? You sell literally everything, like chafing gel yeah. and whatever else, but there's no, there's no, no sun protection. No, it's not a big thing. No, it's really not. So we need to we need to push it. Yeah. So yeah. But that's you know That's interesting. It is. So yes, come and find us on our socials. So skincare with friends on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We're just everywhere. Mia Patton, Natalie SWF. I think so. Yeah, she never remembers. I don't either. No. Um, and yeah, another thing that I came across when I was researching is a page, a Facebook page by um, the daughter of one of the prisoners. Yes, a yeah. chap called Leodas Jones. Yeah, and we'll put a link to that because I think. Within that page, there is a link to a GoFundMe. Okay. So one of the prisoners who's infirm and old now oh, is having health problems and he needs help. With okay. Bedrooms. Hold on. Is he out of prison? He's out of prison, oh, yeah. He's, he's at home right. and he's ill and okay. old now. And right. These men are having to foot the bill for their own health care. Yeah. Even though they were harmed yeah. by a university, which isn't very right. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it is criminal, isn't it? It is, yeah. Let's so face bad. it. Yeah. But we get into that bit later. So, you yeah. know, if injustice really mm. makes you angry, then I would proceed with caution. Yeah. Maybe the next one. Get angry you, with us because yeah. we're going to be angry. It's exactly. As long as you turn it into action, perhaps, then, yeah. 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 Great. So... Join us next time to get angry with skincare with friends. Oh, bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.